Hey budding lawyers welcome to the podcast today we have miss bhavna patnani with us hi bhavna hi prasanna how are you great great so bhavna is a licensed lawyer and company secretary from india with 4 years of experience her expertise includes matters of company law intellectual property law and food safety and standard regulations as a canadian pr and enthusiast about learning different laws she is currently pursuing nca accreditation to establish a hold in the canadian legal market so in this episode we will talk mostly on this topic so bhavna starting from this can you tell something to our listeners about about your plans to go to canada like uh, why did you uh, choose to go there are there better opportunities in the canadian legal market or is there something else some other reason you have uh so yes of course the western world has better opportunities for any profession that you pick and as as for canada uh, if we talk about that yes uh, the profession is more regulated as compared to the legal profession in india of course uh, the rules and regulations vary from uh, each state to state uh, it's called a province there so each province has its own law society just like we have bar councils here and every province has different set of regulations that we need to follow to become licensed there okay uh, so can you elaborate more on that uh, what is a province and how is it different from india like how is the legal system there different right okay so uh, like we have different states in india the states in canada are called provinces each province has a law society which is equivalent to a bar council of any state in india mm. but uh, like in india if we have aib all india bar exam that we write and become licensed to practice across india it's right. not the case similar to in in canada there each law society has its own uh, set of exams that you write which is called the barrister and solicitors exam and only then you are licensed to practice in that particular province so if you intend to practice in two different provinces in in canada you have to write barrister and solicitor exams for two different law societies and then you are licensed to practice of course you have an option to transfer your membership from one law society to another but there also uh, there are some procedural aspects that need to be covered okay so when the membership is transferred uh, does that lawyer needs to take the exam again for that province or it can be skipped i am not sure of this aspect because i haven't reached that stage in my uh, procedural of procedure of attaining the license so i would not be the right person to advise on this phase okay okay no issues i understand because even you are applying for the first time and you are yet to attain the membership uh and yeah so you are also planning to uh, take the citizenship there i mean it's quite personal not relevant to the podcast but still so i hold a permanent residency visa for canada and uh, yes i intend to settle in canada only after completing my uh, accreditation process that i am doing right now okay okay so um what's the procedure for indian lawyers to work as a lawyer in canada can you explain the procedure like step by step sure i'll do that so to start off with um, there's a regulatory body called the national committee on accreditation which is the nca 
this is a federal body which does the assessment for international lawyers uh, to get your accreditation you do not necessarily have to be canadian you could be an international student you could be a newcomer to canada or you could be of any citizenship any nationality and you could write those exams and the procedure starts off at the very basic wherein you send your transcripts legal transcripts and your pre law transcripts to nca for assessment the assessment is basically about uh, your eligibility for being equivalent to a canadian law graduate okay so uh, the first step itself is obtaining your uh, legal transcripts and uh, the procedure starts off with uh, creating an account on the nca website it's called your my account tab you'll see there you create an account there you upload all the documents required so the documents would include your mark sheets your transcripts uh, your resume and any other letter or document that you intend to provide to nca for your assessment thereafter uh, you also need to send your uh, hard copies of the documents that you've uploaded to nca and uh, the transcripts specifically the legal transcripts have to go directly from the issuing institution say for instance uh, for me it was mumbai university with which my college was affiliated with so after obtaining the transcripts from college i had to get it attested from mumbai university and thereafter it had to be sent directly from the university to nca that is the first step thereafter nca takes about 4 to 6 weeks like it used to take about 4 to 6 weeks now of course due to covid uh, the timelines have increased and so it takes about 4 to 6 weeks or max 8 weeks to get your assessment from nca hmm. there are uh, core five exams which are assigned to everybody which includes canadian constitution law canadian foundation uh, canadian administrative law criminal law and professional responsibility these five core exams are assigned irrespective of uh, the region that you are licensed to practice in and uh, of course there are elective subjects which are, which are assigned based on your marks and your experience personally i was assigned seven subjects the five and two elective subjects which included tort and property law and uh, so the assessment is valid for five years from the date of issue of your report and uh, considering covid uh, nca has been generous and now they conduct exams uh, every month starting from january 2021 so that's a good opportunity for anybody who's looking to get licensed in canada that get their assessments fast and start writing exams every month instead of what it used to be held in every quarter and uh, now since everything has been revamped Uh, keeping in mind the covid restrictions the exams are conducted online uh, it is an open book exam for 4 hours and of course there are going to be technical glitches no system is full proof but the good thing is when you get logged off the system while writing your exam the timer doesn't continue the timer is stopped and you can always log in and it the timer restarts from where it stopped so that's okay. a good part with nca 
Hmm, that's that's really good because considering um, countries like India where the internet connectivity uh, is a big problem at many places <laughs> right now. Even we are facing so many issues recording the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so one can understand. Right. Yes, we had of course a lot of difficulties with the internet connectivity, but thankfully we're there now. So. Yeah, recording finally. Yeah. So, can you uh, tell our listeners more about what transcripts include? Okay. So, the documents what we uh, send to NCA is uh, about all your degrees that you have obtained. So, for me, it was hmm. a bachelor's in commerce, a master's in commerce, LLB, and CS. So, hmm. I had to send transcripts, which is like a statement issued by the college or the university directly uh, with your subjects taken in the course and the marks that you've obtained out of whatever marks it was. So it was usually the marks obtained out of 100 for people from Mumbai University. And so it's, it's a statement which gives a summary of your entire course done over the period of three years in a one and one and a half page. And it is, of course, stamped and signed by the college authority stating that this, these are the correct and true marks of the candidate. Okay. So all of this was to be sent to Canada, to NCA office specifically, and and you also upload them on the portal so this, like I mentioned these, earlier. These transcripts don't include any other uh, certificate courses or any postgraduate courses uh, marks like that. Even if you have done from that university, it will only include bachelor's, master's, only the marks, statement of marks of that particular degree, if I'm not wrong. No. So, uh, NCA categorizes two parts. Your, your education is categorized in two parts. One is your legal education, which is your LLB or BA, LLB or BB, LLB, whatever you do. Uh, and the other is pre-law. Pre-law education would include anything and everything that you have done, including your certifications, PG, uh, bachelor's, in other streams, anything else. Okay, okay. Even if it is done after obtaining your legal degree, it will still be regarded as pre-law education. So it's a summary of everything, including the main degrees like bachelor's, master's, plus whatever courses you do apart from that. So even if you do, that's right. Even if you do a course, stay, um, say from other university or some online uh, course, will that be counted? You can send everything which has, which you think has a bearing on the assessment. And of course the NCA officers will take their discretion and see if it's relevant or not and assign you the subjects. The assessment is specifically case to case basis. And so for assuming for instance, like there is a candidate who has say 15 years of work experience in a particular field of law, for instance, say property law. Hmm. And somewhere on the other hand, I am a new new law graduate having no experience and do not even score well in the exams conducted for LLB. Hmm. Of course, I will be assigned an elective subject of property law, whereas on the other hand, the lawyer may not be assigned. That's the discretion of the NCA officer. Okay, okay. Of course, there is clarity always in the policies of NCA for a waiver to your elective subject, which is fifth, fifth passing percent plus 5% of your marks. So that is the waiver marks requirement 
but if you do not score well and you have enough work experience you can always write a letter explaining your details and probably they will consider the other thing that i missed out in the set of documents also include a good standing certificate if you are enrolled with the bar council so any state bar council that you are enrolled with will issue you a good standing certificate these this good standing certificate is nothing but merely a statement saying that you were enrolled uh, from a particular date in the rolls of the bar council and you have no criminal records or um, any other specifically mentioned uh, disadvantage to your name i would say that way mm-hmm. yeah so basically i think a good conduct thing right a certificate regarding that similar to this mm-hmm. yes that that is the good standing certificate basically it it also checks about your criminal records like if you are a lawyer and you have a criminal mm-hmm. record that's something not very appreciated <laughs> so yes that is why we need a good standing certificate okay yeah um and uh, i guess you didn't mention letters of recommendation so is it necessary or no, not required in this process for nca accreditation process it's not required but when you go on in the licensing procedure and you are applying for your articleship or you're enrolling with the bar i mean the law societies of canada anywhere any province it's better if you put in your letter of recommendations as well mm-hmm. but it's not mandatory like for instance if somebody is absolutely fresh and raw from indian legal system and wants to relocate and start a career in canada and they do not have any work experience or letter of recommendation it is okay to go ahead start a fresh and you know build yourself in canada okay nice uh because i <laughs> letter getting rec- letters of recommendation it's quite uh you know a tedious job uh, running after the Absolutely. college authorities your lecturers and getting the signatures and drafting all that stuff <laughs> okay this right. uh, we, i i understand <laughs> we, uh, so people who are listening who are uh, planning to apply for nca uh, this burden is reduced <laughs> so you can plan for that <laughs> okay absolutely yeah so is there any difference between um, nca and the bar council of india much like of uh, to explain i think uh, i have understood a roughly what the difference is but to make our listeners understand it more simpler in more simpler terms can you just jot down the differences so uh, bar councils in india would be equivalent to law societies in canada to be eligible to apply to law societies this is an intermediate um, authority to give you the qualification certificate rather uh, which will enable you to go apply to law societies so of course bar councils and nca are not at the same level yeah, so basically bar council is a central authority in india but in canada there is no such central, central authority there are only correct there is no like that no authority like yeah. that yeah right. so they have these bodies but only in that particular province there is each there is one body in each province that's correct every province has a law society for itself which regulates the admission and licensing for the candidates okay uh, so if one plans to do his masters from any university in canada like llm in whatever subject he wants right. to master 
uh, is it required for him to go through NCA again? Like uh, after LLM, it, does he is it required for him to go through the NCA pro process? Uh, no, it is not required for a candidate to finish LLM and do the NCA exams. But what happens is when you apply for a master's, there are certain courses which are approved by the NCA. So when you, whenever you're applying for a master's, you send an email to NCA writing that we are like, I am wishing to apply for this course and I intend to become a lawyer in Canada. Would these uh, exams covered during the LLM course get me an exemption from the NCA exams? And if they approve of the program, then you do not have to write the NCA exams again. A lot of people do a combination of NCA exams and the LLM. But of course, that's an option to the candidate available that whether you go full-time LLM or you do a combination or you just write the NCA exam. But why but would... getting an approval from... Why would people do that? Because uh, if it's not necessary, if you do LLM, then why would people do that? Because everybody would want a master's degree from a foreign country, right? Yeah, yeah. So if That's you do the, the only catch here. if you do the masters, it is not required to go through the NCA process, right? Only if your master's course is approved by by the NCA for that particular exams. Like if they give you a waiver, then you do not have to write those exams. Suppose, for instance, if you're doing a master's in common law, hmm. but common law does not cover all the courses that are prescribed by the NCA. Then you might have okay, to go ahead and write okay. the NCA exams to be eligible there. So it depends on the specialization you choose. Correct. And any course that you take has to be approved by the NCA because they at the end are going to give you a waiver and the certificate of qualification stating that you are equivalent to a Canadian law graduate now. Okay. So if, if at all they go back and say that no, your course was not approved, you will have to write the NCA exams then you will have to write that particular set of exams that is still pending for you. And thereafter, you get your qualification certificate. And then you can enroll with the Law Society. <laughs> okay. So what are you planning to do? Like, uh, are you planning for a LLM there? Or you are just planning for NCA? No. So I am only writing the NCA exams. And I will, you know, go back to Canada sometime next year and start looking out for articling opportunities, which is also a part of the licensing procedure. So after everybody's done with their NCA, they have to do articling for a period of eight to 12 months, depending on which law society they are associated with. So the law society decides the tenure of your articleship. And you also have an option to seek an abridgment or a waiver from the law society for your articling period. So since I do not have uh, extensive legal work experience, like litigation, core litigation, I would say, mm -hmm. I would not be eligible for an exemption. But of course, I will ask for an abridgment stating my previous experiences. So hopefully I should get that. And my articling period would be reduced thereafter. And once I am done with my articling, then I would be finally called to the bar in Canada. And I would be licensed in one particular province for... And then practice. you will be Canadian lawyer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So uh, what 
involves in the article chip like is it similar to what these uh, cas and cs uh, students go through or is it something different there so in the articling period you get to learn about different areas of law just like we have legal internships here in india of course which is not mandatory but preferred by a lot of students to get the hands on experience and exposure likewise in canada it is mandatory to do it there but you get hands on experience on different aspects of law and you can always end up choosing your particular field of interest okay okay so uh, they help you all to uh, for the placement of article chips or you have to find it yourself if you are doing a masters from any university then of course you have an option of on campus recruitment but if you are an international hmm. lawyer doing your nca exams then it is not supported by any particular organization it's up to the individual's mm. choice to find out more about the articling positions available but at the same time you have uh, the networking groups for international lawyers which come in handy at this hour uh, so there are two main uh, community groups i would say one is uh, global lawyers of canada and the second is the nca network and of course there are Uh, bar associations of uh, each province so for ontario there is ontario bar association you can always be a member of these groups and interact and communicate with the other international lawyers who are in the same field and experiencing the same uh, you know the same situation as you like as of now currently most of us are awaiting our results from the august session So a couple of days back I just reached out to my network on LinkedIn and Facebook stating that you know it it is a very tense situation right now because NCA has been releasing results for each subject every day so we actually don't know when our result is going to be out and we are all in that panic mode some of us are even waiting for the result as our last exam so it is like you know a boiling point for all of us okay so it is so that was one it is like people yeah people are checking the live covid-19 cases every day you all are checking your results every day <laughs> if it's out or not absolutely yes. what's the result and considering the time zone differences that you know people in india are facing so i have been waking up to messages on my whatsapp group saying that oh this result is out at say 4 o'clock in the morning and i have had sleepless <laughs> nights because of that so probably hopefully i'm praying on monday um the results that i am awaiting should be out and you know we get done with it okay all the best for that <laughs> thank you so much which books would you recommend uh, for people who are planning to take up this nca exam so the nca syllabus gives the prescribed reading material in the syllabus that is uploaded on the nca portal but of course the books are heavy and vast so not everybody is capable of doing a full reading so we students generally opt for a concise version which is the notes from renowned tutors hmm. and you know authors available so i would suggest go out reach out to tutors ask for sample notes see for yourself if you are able to understand those and then you can pick and choose also the tutors for nca exams offer demo lectures which is like an introductory class so candidates must attend those to get an overview 
that is very helpful and of course then you assess the tutor and your compatibility also whether you can understand what they are teaching and if you are the kind of person who needs tutoring offer it of course it involves a lot of cost but it helps you get through in the very first go but if you are of someone who prefers um, self study then opt for notes available from these tutors and finish it off okay and even the notes are they, they charge for the notes it's not like yes. freely available on the website no or? it's not freely available but there are some free resources from universities which offer law programs like masters so those materials are available the bare acts are available on the internet but the concise updated notes for the entire syllabus is not available freely you have to either opt from the authors of those notes on your own or probably ask from the tutors that's an option okay so can people share it like they usually do in india netflix subscri subscription and amazon prime subscription <laughs> no it is legally not allowed because it involves a copyright to the notes from for the authors and the tutors so it is not recommended or allowed to share the notes okay so okay i got it you are uh, pressing on recommended and allowed yes. but things happen yeah things happen in a lot of cases okay. right but if at all yeah, say, right. you know something goes wrong god forbid your license could be in jeopardy so i would not recommend or share myself like on a personal level i would not hmm. walk that road at all hmm so listeners please don't send any mails so for getting notes from her <laughs> uh, i would not uh, entertain those mails <laughs> absolutely that okay. it, it's not very expensive to go out and purchase notes directly because it involves a lot of time and effort for the author to update the notes every time the syllabus changes so let's just give them some respect mm -hmm. that they deserve and purchase directly from the authors sure 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 as such i am not planning for so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, what do you think what people prefer more doing an llm from canada or doing this nca exam so this choice actually depends on a number of factors the two important ones being the time involved and the cost involved so if we compare the cost first the cost for a normal llm from any university in canada would be around $30000 for a domestic student so that includes a pr or a citizen but if you are going as an international student it, it ranges from about $50000 to about $75000 approximately depending on the university and the course that you're doing on the other hand the nca assessment cost only $300 or 350 $350 for the assessment and $300 for every exam so assuming you are assigned seven exams like i was assigned so it's 7 7 into 300 this is 2100 plus a $350 for assessment 1050 and that's the difference firstly for the cost like $30000 and $1050 for your accreditation and secondly was the time involved for an llm it would if you're doing a full time llm it would be about 2 years of in classroom coaching or online coaching right now and the llm and the nca exams depends on your time and availability the exams are conducted every month in 
so if you are available to study full time and you want to cover your exams as soon as you want as soon as you can so if you if you intend to cover your assigned subjects within a span of 5 months you could do that so for me personally it was nca firstly because of the cost and secondly because of the time involved and i would recommend anybody and everybody uh, whoever is looking for a change in the industry start off with nca get yourself into the market and roll yourself with the bar and if required you can always go back and do your masters nobody's stopping you from doing a masters later on but it's at least good to yeah. be in the market initially to get an idea whether it's worth the money that you're investing yeah and i think article ship is there compulsory in nca and not in llm right even with llm you will have to do your articling and your barrister solicitor exams okay so the cost that i covered with llm the $30000 which is the domestic fee as compared to the nca fee it's the equivalent thereafter you go ahead and do your articling and your barrister solicitor exams which is with the law society and that is for both the options that you choose mm -hmm. it's not exempted for llm you have to end up doing both okay bhavna so we have talked enough about the canadian legal system and how to get into that uh, any final tips you want to give our audience yes i would like to put in a word for your audience to not stick to the straight line of the entire process of accreditation but to go out and network with the other lawyers who are whether established or establishing themselves in the canadian legal market and the second thing would be to do the certifications which are available which adds value to your expertise so if you are interested in legal research or say drafting or any particular field like aml compliance there are a host of um, certifications available one of which i have personally done is uh, lexcan legal research program from lexis nexis canada so um, i would suggest your audience to go out and do certifications which can add value to their already held expertise um, the popular certifications include the legal research certification offered by lexis nexis canada there are certifications available from westlaw these are popular search engines just like we have manupatra or scc in india so it always adds value if you are looking out for a role in legal research or drafting or a probably initial uh, assistant legal assistant roles i have personally done uh, legal research certification certification from lexis nexis canada and it's a free certification so feel free to go out check their website and enroll for these exams so uh, all these courses are free or uh, there are different charges for different courses and sub courses are free or something yes it varies from uh, different organizations that you are doing it from so westlaw does not have a free certification whereas lexis nexis legal research certification is a free program so you know you could either invest and do a certification or do what is available for free but both add equal value for your profile okay bhavna thanks a lot for sharing all this information with us with our listeners and uh, taking time from your tight schedule like preparing for exams and working and all 
so thanks a lot for that not a problem at all your audience can reach out to me on any of the social media platforms i am very active on linkedin and instagram specifically so feel free to reach out to me for any kind of advice that you're looking for and i would be happy to help okay great yeah thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you like this episode then then you must also check out our other episodes available here and follow us here so that you don't miss a new episode thank you thank you